so that was the last <coughs> of the three S's, right? I've introduced you to Dr. Sid and Dr. Sigafus, and that was Dr. Santo. They were the three S's at DE back in the heydays in the, uh, the 80s and 90s. Um, and uh, chiropractic really feels, feels that they're not here, right? Because uh, if you ever had the chance to meet any of these guys uh, and listen to them, uh, the way I had that privilege, uh, you would have been pretty amazed also at their conviction and their power and their purpose. And something that Dr. Santos said in this particular um, a talk has always resonated with me. Something that he did that actually kind of got me thinking about this making of this podcast uh, and the podcast series that I made, Chirocast, is because when I first started listening to him, he had his own kind of podcast, but back then they didn't have iPods or iPhones, right? They just had tape recorders. So he had a monthly tape that he would send out, right? A subscription. And he would tape one of his lectures or tape something that he was just kind of sitting around thinking about. And he would send it out once a month. And I had that subscription for a couple of years um, until he stopped it. And uh, he, so he's the one who kind of got me you know, thinking about this kind of stuff way, way, way back when saying, uh, someday I hope to, to be able to do something like he you know, did. Um, and I had the good fortune of actually getting to know him personally. He was another New Jersey chiropractor. Um, he practiced not too far from where I practiced. So I had lunch with him a number of times, especially when I started really getting into you know, chiropractic and stuff. And um, he was very instrumental in kind of getting me into the straight and narrow uh, focus, right? Because when I first uh, became a chiropractor, I was, my whole focus, just like a lot of you guys, uh, your whole focus was I got to pay my student loans. That was the first, my first and foremost thing. I have a hundred and something thousand dollars in student loans. I know not as much as yours, but in dollars to dollars from 1989 when I graduated, it's about the same as your 200 grand now. <clears throat> and uh, I had deferred my loans. So when I first graduated uh, I, in 1980, June 89, I deferred them for a year. Um, and uh, it accrued, I was getting paying 17% interest back then. Uh, and that's just the regular interest rate. And then when I deferred it, they were like adding an additional like 6% interest. So it was like 25% interest for like that first year when I didn't defer it. So that 100,000 just ballooned uh, crazily. And I remember uh, getting into practice. Uh, well, actually, before I got into practice, I associated with someone for uh, about six months. Uh, and I don't know if you can tell by my personality, but I'm, I'm really not good with having someone else tell me what to do. It's just not my cup of tea. I, I, I don't jive. Uh, with that, Lisa's the only person on the planet who can tell me what to do. Uh, nobody else. Um, so uh, he, uh, he was a great chiropractor. Uh, he had some really great uh, uh, following uh, where, where we were in Long Island. But um, he did everything. His whole thought, thought process was, let's make as much money as we can off each patient because you never know when they're going to stop. Right? That was not a bad thought process, but that was his thought process. Not mine uh, thought process, but that was his thought process. And that's what he kind of taught me. So that was the kind of thought process I had when I left his office. After six months, I was like, I didn't want to work there anymore, but I kind of had adopted his thought process. Um, and it really caused a lot of havoc in my brain for quite a long time because I had these competing things happening where part of me wanted to be this real principal chiropractor and part of me wanted to pay off my student loans and do what this doctor taught me to do which is to you know, charge for every possible thing. And like every, I was like totally, I was 100% insurance practice at the time. So uh, 
I remember the first three years really struggling uh, with this, like, I want to be doing this, but I want to be doing this, and kind of going back and forth and really having a hard time uh, with that. And uh, it was, wasn't until uh, I started going to DE regularly and had to sit down with Dr. Santo after one DE that he kind of said, why are you doing all this crap in the office? Like, what are you doing this for? Who are you doing it for? Right? Remember he just said, who are you practicing for? Well, he said to me, who are you doing this for? Right? Who are you? So if all this, all this extra stuff and all this coding and all this documentation, all this kind of stuff that you're doing and all this insurance stuff, who are you doing this for? Are you doing it for the patient? Is that for the benefit of the patient? Are they getting better faster because of all that stuff? Or are they getting, or, or are you just charging them more? Right? And he called me out, so to speak. And I was like, you know, you're right. You're right. Like, I'm not doing this for them. I'm doing it for me. Right? And he said, if you really want to be successful in practice, the most important thing you have to do is detach. Detach. Right? Just like he said here too. You are not the healer. You are not the mechanism by which they're getting better. This is not you. This is not your game. Right? You're just a conduit. You're a coach. Right? You're a guide. You're a role model. Right? You happen to thrust here and there in certain subluxation areas, absolutely. But the whole point of what you do is to guide them from point A to point B, to change their pattern. They walked in like this. The idea is get them over here. You know, yesterday, a new patient was telling me, she said, I don't understand why we need this care plan this long for my son. I'm like, because there's a pattern and we have to change the pattern. Right? A pattern doesn't change like this. You can't just interrupt the pattern and go like this and expect it to change, especially if it's been ingrained in a, in a child or an adult, for that matter, for a long time. You have to change the pattern. And it's the same thing with you. Like if you're trying to deliver an adjustment, but you've got all this other chatter in the back of your head, like I have to pay for my student loans and I got to do this and I, oh, it was all about money, 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 money. The patients feel it. The patients feel it. Right? When your hands are on their back or on their neck or wherever they are, they feel this is another 50 bucks. Right? You know, two more of these and I could pay off my student loans for this month. Right? They feel that. They feel whatever. So he said, and he said over here too, there's just an amazing little clip of, of some of his great things. He said, you must become a clear conduit. Right, that's the idea of becoming detached, is becoming a clear conduit. So he used to call it an empty tube. I'm an empty tube from whatever you want to call the intelligence out here to you, and then you're delivering that to them through your loving care and adjustment. And if you don't detach, he said, Drew, if you, he's, I remember sitting down at the Route 4 Diner in, uh, in New Jersey, in Paramus, New Jersey, and he said, if you don't detach, then you'll always be the way you are. Right? You're always going to be in this kind of tug-of-war kind of thing. Right? He said, do you want to do that? Because eventually that tug-of-war, you're going to get tighter and tighter and tighter, and eventually it's going to tear you apart. He said, I don't suggest that. He said, go one way or the other. He said, I don't care which way you go. Go one way or the other, but make a choice. Choose a side. Pick a side. And jump in. And he was right. He was right. Because in, after I, I sat down with him, this is in 1993, my, my practice took on a very different meaning when I detached myself from the results, when I detached myself from the, the, the behind the scenes like monkey talk that was in my head as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I just serve for the sake of serving, right? Dr. Sid has that saying, right? To give, to, to love, to do, to serve, right? Out of a sense of your own abundance with expecting nothing in return. That's, that's not just a saying for me. That's like a way of life, right? 
to give for the sake of giving, to serve for the sake of serving, to love for the sake of loving, with no expectations of return, out of my own abundance. That's the whole, that's my way of life, right? Because when I detached from the student loans and I detached from paying, having to pay off this, you know, loan for the x-ray and having to pay off this and having to pay rent and mortgage and all these other things, when I detached from that and I didn't do it with an expectation, right? So normally, if you're, like right now, even in your clinical practice, if you're, if you're, not, if you're not in peak, in your, or maybe even if you're on peak, and you're saying, how many adjustments do I have this week? Right? That's being attached. Right? So if you're saying, okay, I have to do 10 adjustments, if you're in peak, I have to do 10 adjustments this week, and I only have had five, and it's Friday. Right? And you start thinking about that, they feel it! They feel it. Right? You can't hide from this. You need to come in completely clean. When you're doing adjustment, your mind has to be a blank slate and focus totally on them. And that's what Dr. Santo taught me. Become a clean slate each time. Right? So you adjust someone, you adjust someone, and you put in the loving thrust, and you high-five them or hug them, whatever you're going to do, and next, and then clean slate again. And focus all your energy on that one person. Right? So that, like, if you were in my office and you saw my practice, I have five adjusting benches in a row like this, and me and every, the interns and my other associate were all adjusting, 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 and there's chaos going on all around us, but I am right there. I am not with my mortgage, even when my wife was having all the difficulties, you know, at the end of last year and beginning of this year with her hip injuries and stuff, I was not thinking about her as I was adjusting, and, and she understood this, I'm detaching, right, from all that stuff. It's just like being plugged in, right? I'm saying, I'm, I'm going to unplug from all that stuff, and what I do is I plug into, you, did, you ever see, what is that movie? Um, Avatar, right? Avatar, where they take the hair, and they put the hair like this, and now the two of them are like kind of in, like in unison, they're like in one. That's how I feel every time I'm adjusting someone, is I take my Avatar kind of hair, and not that there's a whole lot of it, <laughs> but I take it, and I put it like this, and I attach it to them, Right? And I'm with that one person and I adjust that person and then I detach. Right? And then I go to the next person. And then I attach to them and I'm with that person. So I don't care. There's all kinds of chaos and all kinds of craziness happening. Kids up. Sorry. All kinds of stuff going on around me, but I don't care. Right? And, it, and, and this is and how do you do this? Is you it's a, it's a it's a practice. Right? That's what they call a practice, right? I'm not in a perfect, I'm in a practice, right? And I'm, so I'm still, 27 years, I'm still in practice, right? I haven't gotten to perfection. I never will get to perfection. So the whole idea is, how do you practice this now? Like when you are where you are, and the way you do it is to develop your present time consciousness, right? So wherever the hell you are, be there, right? Which means that you're not distracted, that when the phone goes bleep, because you got a Facebook post or Twitter or whatever it is, you don't pay attention to it when you're focused on the task, right? Don't ever pick up your damn phone when you're adjusting someone. Unless you tell them, my, something's going on my wife or my kid, I have to pick up this phone call, so you know, I, I may have to detach for a second. But if you have no reason, and you're just sitting there to check your whatever, Facebook, whatever it is, could you either put your phone in your pocketbook or your attache case or just put it away, don't check your phone when you're adjusting someone. It is bloody rude. And they feel that. Right? And don't talk to someone else as you're adjusting a person. Right? When you're with that person, you're talking to that person. 
right? And unless it's, you're talking to the, the doctor is asking you a question or whatever, your field doctor, your, the, you know, one of the clinicians, in fact, the clinician over there saying, what are you doing right there? Different story or someone in the room is, and you're talking to them about what you're doing. But don't just have some odd, odd conversation about something else to someone else in the room or present. Be with them. Be there now. Start practicing now when you're a student, right? And how do you gain that is through meditation. That was the, one of the biggest things that they taught us at DE is meditation. One of the most important things you'll ever do. And you don't have to meditate for an hour and a half at a time to make it meditation. Start with five minutes a day, five minutes a day. And I don't care if you use, I use a heart rate variability monitor. I like doing that as I'm meditating. Some people like doing it to certain sounds. There's certain sounds you can meditate to, like Dr. Wayne Dyer talks about Japa, which is in the morning you, you, you breathe in and then you say the letter ah when you breathe out because it's like God, right? And then at night you breathe, you do the same five minutes, but now you go om because that's for gratitude, right? So you have like two different things, ah in the morning and om at night, which is like two of the most important sounds, uh, you know, like bass sounds that are out there. So it, very simple stuff, but all you need is five minutes, right? Someone was saying to me yesterday, a woman came in as a new patient, and she said, um, you know, I took her, her blood pressure. It was like 150 over 90. And I said, yeah, this is kind of high blood pressure, right? This is kind of high. And I said, are you exercising? You know, she said, no. Are you eating, you know, good? She said, no. Are you meditating? No. And I said, why? Right? And what was the reason? I don't have enough time. I don't have time. And I said, do you have five minutes? Yes, you can meditate. Do you have 10 minutes, 10 more minutes, right? So if it's 15 total minutes in a day, yeah, you can exercise. You do 10 minutes of exercise a day and five minutes of meditation a day. Absolutely guaranteed you can carve out 15 minutes out of your day and do that, right? And eating, whatever time it takes you to eat and prepare food now, you can take the same time to do something healthy. So there's no time you know, imbalance there. So 15 minutes, I'm asking you for, to start, right? I'm, eventually you can start med doing meditation for an hour and work out for an hour. That's great, fabulous, good goal, right? But for right now, to get started, you anchor, right? That's another thing that they taught us is anchoring. You anchor to meditation, you anchor to your exercise. Because how else are you going to build this reservoir of ability to have present time consciousness unless you learn to focus right now? Right? And that's what meditation is about. So every morning when I get into my practice, before I see anybody, the first thing I do, before anybody my, is there in my office, I am usually, my office opens at 9. I am there at 7.30 meditating. Right? And writing my goals and getting myself ready. Right? And that's what Santo and Sid and Sigafoos taught, is get yourself ready. Right? So even right now, before you get to school, so I don't know when your classes start, some of them time may start at 7, I know it's kind of hard, but you've got to have a time during the day where you say, this five minutes is for me to meditate. This 10 minutes is for me to exercise. Don't give me the excuse that you can't do it. Don't give me that excuse because it's not possible. Because if you want to train yourselves now, if you want to be the best chiropractor you can be when you graduate, you don't wait till you graduate to start being the best chiropractor you can be. You start yourself right now to train yourself right now through meditation and through whatever other means you want, exercise, prayer, I don't care what you do, but do something to develop that present time consciousness so that when you guys graduate, you hit the ground running because we need more warriors out there. We don't need more complainers. We don't need more people griping, complaining about their student loans and how hard it is out there and all this other stuff that I keep on hearing when I see a lot of people who recently graduated and that's the no, 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 here. Like, okay, that's great, but like, 
You're an Olympic athlete. Act like one. Act like one, right? You, you don't, you, you can't say that, like if someone says, I did all these things and it didn't work, different story than I didn't do any of that and it didn't work. Well, if you didn't do any of it, of course it's not going to work, right? There's a, a saying, if you work the plan, the plan works. But if you don't work the plan, the corollary happens too. If you don't work the plan, then it won't work, right? So I suggest you guys to work the plan and it's so simple and you don't need hours a day. All you need is a couple of minutes.